going to be with the, the surah we have recited every ruk'ah five times a day it is a very great surah and uh, it is the mother of the book the holy quran and without uh, introduction for the sheikh just their brothers let uh, let take a, take a ride to fly over the this the word of this great surah and uh, beware that you never miss any view and image to see what's inside this surah the lecture will title it interpretation of the surah al-fatiha بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهد الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا ثم أما بعد Just a few words about I think I already started saying this Uh, that we must remember uh, that this Quran is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala often time we, we, we forget this this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking to you so you must uh, have the highest regard for, uh, for, for the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you must be keen on listening to Allah understanding and understanding what um, he says and trying to act on what you learn uh, now everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says is good and uh, every uh, verse in this uh, Quran is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, but we know that some uh, verses they say are more, have more fadl, fadl means uh, like merit or advantage over other verses and some surahs are more important than other surahs not because that some are from Allah and some are not from Allah but because of the, of the, of the, of the topic of the surah for example uh, surah قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ there is a hadith which says that this surah equals one third of the Quran why? because all the surah is about the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, there is a story about uh, one of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu uh, at the time of the Prophet uh, he used to lead uh, his brothers in another mosque uh, a mosque uh, far away from the mosque of the Prophet sallallahu and whenever he led them, he uh, led them in prayer and whatever um, surah he read, he would always read surah Qul Wallahu Ahad every rakah he says Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim for example and he might read say Abasa wa Tawalla or Wabduha wa Lidi Ida Sajah but then he reads Qul Wallahu Ahad and in the second surah and so on so uh, his brother said uh, either you read this surah alone and don't read any surah with it or you read the other surahs and but you don't read the Quran he said no this is the way 
I will lead you in the prayer. If you don't mind this, you can choose someone else. But if I am <laughs> your imam, this is what I am going to do. And they went and complained to the Prophet And the Prophet asked him, why do you do this? He said, I love this surah because innaha uh, sifatullah it describes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know what the Prophet told him? He told him that your love for this, of this surah caused you to enter paradise. Surah Ayat Al-Kursi is the most important uh, verse in the Quran. Why? Because all the verse is about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So uh, there is a hadith, um, perhaps you know the hadith, uh, uh, in which one of the jinn uh, told uh, Abu Huraira that um, he told him, I, am, uh, I will teach you something, the jinn. Uh, when you go to bed, read this ayah, and no shaitan will come near to you. So Abu Huraira went and told the Prophet about this and he said he, he's a liar but he told you the truth. <laughs> this is the shaitan. And uh, so when you go to bed, uh, you read, uh, you read uh, this verse, Ayat al-Kursi. So some verses are more important than other verses. But the most important surah according to a hadith of the Prophet the surah according to a hadith of, uh, of the Prophet like which no surah was revealed in any of the neither in the Quran nor in any of the previous books is Surah Al-Fatiha is the most important surah and it is because of the importance of this surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it obligatory on us to read it, to recite it in every rak'ah of our prayer whether it is obligatory prayer or whether it is nafli prayer. Uh, the surah is called, uh, as the brother said, it is called Umm al-Qur'an. You see, Umm, the, the popular meaning the, uh, of Umm is mother, mother. Uh, but the word Umm has a more general meaning. And Umm is the source. So a mother is called Umm because she is the source of the children. The children come out of the, of the mother, so is the source. And uh, so uh, Surah Al-Fatiha is called Umm Al-Quran in the same sense. It is as if all the, uh, all, all the, the other verses of the Quran branch out from Surah Al-Fatiha. It is as if uh, Surah Al-Fatiha is, uh, is, is a brief, a condensed, the summary of the whole message of Islam. That is why we remind of our, ourselves of this uh, of this message in every uh, rak'ah of, of of our salah. The whole Quran can be viewed as being an interpretation of Surah Al-Fatiha. Al, uh, so uh, you must be keen on understanding this the meanings of this. Uh, the meaning of this verse and on reflecting on it uh, when you uh, when you make salah 
don't just say alhamdulillah without thinking about what you are reading there is a hadith of the prophet in which he says ليس للمرء من صلاته إلا ما عقل he will be given you will giving no more of of your salah than that part of which in which you were aware whatever you do absent-mindedly will not be counted so a person can pray and he gets 50 percent 40 20 10 percent and there's a hadith which says that the difference between people standing in the same line can be like that between heaven and earth and and the difference is that one of them is uh, have khushur hmm? he's, and he's, uh, he's always aware of what uh, he is doing and what he is saying uh, uh, and the most important uh, uh, thing that you do in the salah is the recitation of surah al-fatiha that is why uh, and because it's of its importance it, Allah called it salah Allah called uh, surah al-fatiha salah there is a famous hadith um, in which the Prophet وسلم, uh, reported Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, this is a hadith Qudsi, he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I have made, divided the salah, meaning Surah Al-Fatiha, between me and my servant in two halves. Uh, uh, one part is for me the other part is for my servant and my servant is granted what he asks for when the servant says Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Allah says Hamidani Abdi my, my, my servant expressed gratitude for me uh, when he says Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen when you say Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Allah says Asna alayya abdi my servant praise me and when you say uh, Maliki yawmiddin Allah says my servant uh, glorified me majjadani majjadani abdi glorified me uh, then you say Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in you alone we worship and you alone we ask for help Allah says this is between me and my servant hmm? you say Iyaka na'bud this for Allah Iyaka nasta'in this for yourself so Allah says this is between me and my servant then you say Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem guide us to the right path Sirat al-lazina an'amta alayhim the path of those on whom you bestowed your bounty غير المغضوب عليهم not the path of those who earned your wrath with whom you are angry والضالين and not those who went astray then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this is for my servant and I grant my servant what he asked for so every time you read surah al-fatiha if you are conscious of what you are doing then every time you make this dua every time you ask Allah to, 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 
to guide you to the right path sincerely every time you do this in every rak'ah as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say I grant you what you asked for yeah, is there anything greater than this? but unfortunately uh, most of the time when we read the Quran whether in salah or outside salah we do this absent-minded and therefore we lose uh, the great chance of, uh, of having this dua being accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept a dua that you make absent-minded because you are not in fact making dua you are just moving your lips sir. and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, looks into the hearts of, of people and he does not just um, listen to what they uh, what they say uh, by and by the tongue hmm? uh, so be uh, inshallah uh, be uh, key on uh, on uh, thinking of what uh, uh, you read when you recite surah al-fatiha this surah sta- uh, starts with uh, the verse Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen uh, Here Yusuf Ali says Praise be to Allah The cherisher and sustainer of the words Cherisher uh, and sustainer is the translation of Rabb Of the words Al-Alameen uh, Praise be to God When you say praise be to God As if you are saying let praise be to God uh, I uh, uh, but in fact when you say Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen you are not saying praise be to God you are saying praise is to Allah you are stating a fact and therefore I prefer the other translation when you say Alhamdulillah you are stating a fact you are saying that as a matter of fact only uh, all praise or hand is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, the word hand mm, there is another word in, uh, <coughs> in Arabic perhaps you all know it uh, that is shukr shukr uh, <coughs> uh, shukr is to be grateful if someone does you a favor and you say now we say in, in contemporary Arabic we say shukr see and I thank you uh, for doing me this favor uh, Alhamd includes shukr but it says something more that is why it is uh, translated as praise uh, you, you, you make hand to something for the good qualities that it has and even if he did you no favor for example um, you praise those uh, uh, brave uh, young people who are sacrificing themselves in Palestine you praise them hmm? they didn't do any uh, in any personal favor but you like what they, they do and you praise them this is called ham so you can make ham even to a human being you say yuhmadu fihi kada he is to be have hamd for, for so and so the good qualities um, but even if he does you a favor and you say ahmaduhu uh, so you, you, the hamd can include uh, being grateful also but here you are saying alhamd all praise 
is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you are saying that praise primarily and in the absolute sense belongs to Allah only. When you praise someone else, uh, <laughs> you are praising them for something which Allah gave them. Hmm? But when you praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are not praising him for something which someone else gave him. Hmm? Uh, so praise alhamd in the, in the uh, uh, absolute and full um, faith belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, uh, and when you say alhamdulillah, you are acknowledging the fact that uh, all the fervors, whether they be material or spiritual, which you enjoy, are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why you praise Him. You say, uh, that's why again there is a difference between saying Alhamdulillah and saying Ahmadullah. When you say Ahmadullah, you are saying, I praise Allah. But when you say Alhamdulillah, you are saying that as a matter of fact, all praise is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that includes your saying Ahmadullah. So it is more general than saying Ahmadu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And because Alhamd, Alhamd, being grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praising Him, is the essence of worship. It is the essence of worship. You might say that all our acts of worship are expressions of Hamd. When we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are making hamd. When we fast, we are making hamd. When we give charity, we are making hamd. And that is why the opposite of ibadah, worship, is the opposite of uh, iman, is kufr. Hmm? And what is the literal meaning of kufr? Does anyone know? What is the literal meaning of kufr in Arabic? To cover or... Huh? Yes, to deny, but to deny something in particular. Huh? La la? In Arabic, just in Arabic. Pure Arabic. Al-Kufr, uh, what is it called? Favor. It's to deny favor. Al-Juhud. They say Al-Kufr is Al-Juhud. So Kufr is to deny the truth. And especially the truth of a favor done to you. That is called. So the opposite of Iman is Kufr. And Kufr is Juhud, to be ungrateful. So this means that the essence of Iman is gratefulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you say, uh, Alhamdulillah, you are also saying, only Allah is to be worshipped. Hmm? If alhamd is an expression of ibadah, then if you say all alhamd to Allah, as if you are saying all kinds of worship must be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you say alhamdulillah, you are also saying la ilaha illallah. Because what is the meaning of la ilaha illallah? Uh, by the way, La ilaha illallah does not only mean there is no God but Allah. 
It means there is no God worthy of worship except Allah. Because there are so many false gods. Hmm? They are not worthy of worship. So you say, La ilaha illallah. When you say Alhamdulillah, you are saying also La ilaha illallah. So this is the first pillar of Islam. And you find it in the first verse of uh, Surah Al-Fatiha. And we'll mention some of the other pillars also. So we say Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Rabb. The meaning of uh, uh, the word uh, Allah comes from Ilah, and Ilah is the one to be uh, the one that is worshipped, whether he, whether he or it, or she, <laughs> deserves to be worshipped or not. It's called Ilah. And as a matter of fact, for example, if someone um, worships a woman, then that is his Ilah. If the person worships an, uh, uh, an idol, that is his ilah. Uh, if he or she worships their wings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, رَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ إِلَاهَهُ هَوَا Have you seen him who takes his wings as his, uh, his ilah? So anything that is worshipped is called the ilah. But al-ilah, Allah, is the only creator is the creator and the only ilah that is really worthy of worship no ilah other than him is worthy of worship and why do worship Allah because he is Rabb and a Rabb I said ilah is the one who is worship Rabb is the one who does you a favor so Allah is the creator, he is the son sustainer, and he, it is he uh, who, 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 who nourishes you, gives you food, he gives you shelter, he gives you this and that. And so, and he does not give this only to one or two persons or to some of his creatures and not others. He is Rabb al-Alameen. Alameen is the plural of alam and alam means world and world refers to different kinds of creation the world of human beings, the world of jinn, the world of angels, the world of trees, the world of so and so on each one of these is called alam and Allah is Rabb al-Alameen He is the Lord, creator, sustainer of all these kinds of worlds and therefore, he alone is to be worshipped. Uh, you find this uh, argument in many verses in the Quran that uh, the one to be worshipped, justly worshipped, is the one who creates, who sustains, who gives favor. Uh, remember this verse in Surah Al, Al, in Surah. In Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 21. O oh, you who believe, worship your Rabb. Then he gives the reasons why. The one who created you. 
وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ He created those before you. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ That you see the word taqwa originally in the linguistic meaning of taqwa is protection. So when you have taqwa you are protecting yourself from hellfire from Allah's being angry with you uh, so if you protect uh, and, and, and uh, so when you, you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you will have taqwa you will have this kind of protection huh? the protection protection no 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 prevention care no 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 taqwa is to protect like the, you say I made something uh, wiqaya between me and something. It protects you from that. Okay, you can say prevent in the sense that um, it prevents um, harm from coming to you. Yes, you can perhaps say that. Uh, who has made the earth your couch. And the heavens your canopy. And sent down rain from the heavens. And brought forth therewith fruits for your sustenance. Then set not up rivals unto Allah. While you know. You see, this is the argument that the Quran uses in many verses. That you worship Allah because He does this. And therefore, the Quran says to those, uh, He asks, Allah asks those who worship some things other than Allah, why do you worship them? Do they create you? Do they say sustain you? Do they send rain? Do they do this? Do they tell? If they can't do this, then they don't deserve. Uh, to be worshipped. So that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. You worship Him because He is Rabbil Alameen. And then He says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rahman and Rahim. Both these words mean mercy. Mercy. They come from a word which means mercy. But the different forms, mercy, the word uh, merciful, he has different forms in, in Arabic. One is Rahman, the other is Rahim. There are some differences between uh, the attributes of Rahman and Rahim. Only Allah is to be called Rahman. Rahman. So the word Rahman, just like Allah, uh, you don't call any human being Rahman. Don't describe him as being Rahman. And Rahim is merciful. So you can't describe a human being as being Rahim, merciful. But you don't say this about, uh, I mean, you say this about Allah uh, and about human beings. But you don't say about any human being that he is Rahman. Maliki or Maliki, Yawmiddin. The uh, uh, master of the day of judgment. 
So now we have um, uh, three or four of the most important pillars of Islam. We have Tawheed al-Uluhiyya, worshipping none but Allah. We have Tawheed al-Rububiyya, that only Allah is the creator and sustainer. We have what is called Tawheed al-Asma'a wa sifat that only Allah has, Allah has the attributes of perfection, al-Rahman al-Rahim. And Allah is the, the master of the day of judgment. So, we do not only believe that there is life after death, but we believe that on that day, people will be held responsible for their deeds. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be the sole judge on that day. لمن الملك اليوم لله الواحد القهار. Then after you said this, you say إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين. Because all praises to you, because you are Lord of the world, because you are merciful, رحمن الرحيم, because you are master of the day of judgment, because of all this. We worship none but you, and we seek help from none but you. See, as if all those uh, facts, and your acknowledging of those facts was like an introduction uh, to saying why you worship uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Iyaka na'budu. Iyaka na'budu. This Arabic expression, me... Uh, the meaning of uh, here is that we worship none but you. This is different from saying na'buduka. Na'buduka. We worship you. When you say na'buduka, anyone who worships even someone besides Allah can say, Allah. I worship Allah because he worships him. But he worships someone else besides him. So he can say, A'budullah. But if he says, Iyaka na'budu, this means that I don't, we don't worship anyone but you. Wa iyaka nasta'een. And you alone, again, we ask for help. We ask for you for help, uh, especially in worshipping you. And remember, uh, when you read this many of the ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which he makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help him to worship him. This is a very important uh, dua like Allahumma a'inni ala zikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. Oh Allah, help me to remember you ala zikrika wa shukrika to be grateful to you wa husni ibadatik. And to worship you. Oh Allah, help me to remember you, Aladikrika, Washukrika, to be grateful to you, Wahusni Abadatik, and to worship you in the best of ways. So you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you. Human beings can help you in matters which are within. Uh, their power. Mm. He can bring you something, he can help you 
to lift a heavy load, he can do this, he can do this, but uh, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can help you to, uh, to be a good Muslim, to, to, to worship uh, him. Ihdina, uh, then you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make the most important dua. You see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very merciful. He even teaches us how to make dua to Him. So the most important dua is included in the following verses. That's why you repeat it in every rak'ah of your salah. Ihdina as-sirat al-mustaqeem. Guide us to the right path, the right way. Because there are so many ways. Many people, this, the Christians will take you, tell you to, to, this, to take this way. The Jews will tell you to take this way. The atheists will take you to this way. So you want a sirat al-mustaqeem. Mustaqeem means really and uh, straight in the mathematical sense. The, the shortest distance. Uh, the shortest uh, distance between two points. Eh? So the shortest way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that what you want. You don't want a zigzagging uh, road that um, takes a lot of your effort and your, your time. You don't want that. You want something that is uh, straight. Uh, the Prophet sallallahu once uh, left one of his wives uh, and left her sitting after she made, uh, I think, Salat al-Fajr. And when he came late, uh, after sunrise, he found her still sitting, making dua. And then the Prophet said, uh, are you still in the state which I left you? When she said, yes. Then the Prophet said, I have said for words means statements after you four times and they equal all that you have been saying all this time <laughs> this is the shortest distance Arba'a kalima Arba'a marwat so you say ihdina as-sirat al-mustaqim guide us to the right path and the right path is the one that described that is described in the Quran. Then you say something very straight. Describe that path by saying, Sirat al Anamta The path we don't say only the straight path, but then you describe the path, you relate it to the people who took the path. You want a Sirat al Mustaqim? And you say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by a surat al-mustaqeem, I mean the path of those on whom you bestowed your bounty. I want to be like them, and I want to follow the same road that they took. Why do you say this? Why do you say, إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Some of the ulama said, someone might say, um, as a Muslim I am already on the right path. Mm, so why should I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every time 
to guide me to the right path? And the answer some of them gave is that you can, you can never be sure. Huh? You might be on the right path now and at sunset you might deviate. So you always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep you going on the right path. That's one uh, uh, answer to the question. The other answer is that yes, you can be on the right path generally and, and broadly. Hmm? But you want uh, to be on the right path in everything that you do. And this is what you should remember uh, when you say, uh, ask Allah to, uh, to, give, to guide you to the right path. If you are preoccupied with a problem or you don't know what to do, then when you say, remember this, that you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you to be on the Surat al-Mustaqeen in dealing with this problem. You want to be on the Surat al-Mustaqeen in how to treat your spouse, in how to treat your children, how to treat your neighbors, how to deal with non-Muslims, uh, what to study, and, and so on. So you need Allah's help in every detail of your life. Then why do you say Surat al-Ladina an'amta alayhi? Because you don't want uh, your understanding of the Surat al-Mustaqeen to be uh, something subjective. Hmm? Because uh, you, might, you might be mistaken about that what the Surat al-Mustaqeen is. If you just depend on yourself and reading the Quran or the Hadith of the Prophet you want something by which you test whether you are on the right path or not. And the test is to see whether the people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prays took the same path that you are taking or not. So if you find that you are praying in the same way that the Prophet did, then you are on the right path. If as a community you are behaving like the companions of the Prophet you are not mm, adding anything to the religion or subtracting anything from it, then you are on the right path. So if someone now mm, says, invents something and says, what, what is wrong about this? What is wrong about this? The only answer you can say is that this is not what the Prophet and the companions of the Prophet did. This is your own understanding. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not leave understanding of the right path just to our ideas and opinions and, and whims. And then you describe the right path in a negative way. You don't want to take the right path of those who knew the truth but who denied it. And the example of these are the Jews, especially at the time of the Prophet because they were very sure that he was the Prophet. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, They know him as they know their own children and sons. Uh, because the description of the Prophet was very clear in their books. And when they saw him, they knew that he was the Prophet. But then the shaitan told them, 
why should this great prophet um, be an Arab, uh, not, uh, not Jewish, and they were expecting him to be uh, Jewish. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose him from uh, another race. They didn't like this. So they denied the truth. You don't want to be like this. Because even as a Muslim, you cannot be sure that you are always accepting the truth which you know to be the truth. Uh, and you are not always rejecting falsehood which you know to be falsehood. You want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you. And that is why again the Prophet used to say, Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'a wa arina al-baatila baatilan warzuqna attiba'a Oh Allah, help us to see the truth as truth. Hmm? Because sometimes you can see the truth, but you don't see it as truth. Hmm? Someone can read the Quran and understands it. So he sees it, but he does not see it as the truth. So you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you to see truth as truth. Allahumma alayhi wa haqqa haqqan haqqa. Warzuqna tiba'a. And give us or grant us uh, the, 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 the favor of following it. So you want to see the truth, to know the truth, and you want to see it as truth, and you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to follow the way of the truth. Um, so you don't want to be uh, like the Jews also. Uh, sometimes, uh, and, and you don't want to be like those who don't know the truth, who just depends on their whims and ideas and opinions and so on. Uh, these are called Dalin, the ones who went astray. And the example of these are the Christians. Uh, many of them are very sincere people, as far as sincerity is concerned. And uh, they really believed that Jesus was crucified, and they cried because he was crucified, and so on. And, uh, and they think that he is uh, uh, son of uh, of Allah, uh, and so on. So they went astray. You don't want this. You don't want that. Uh, sometimes people think. Uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking here only about the Jews and the Christians. But one of the ulama said something very important. He said, if this applied only to the Jews and the Christians, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have asked us to mention this in every rak'ah of our prayer. But, uh, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke in general terms. He did not say the Jews and the Christians. He said, and this can apply to you, whether partially or totally. So you always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep you going on the right path, the right, the, the path of the good people mentioned in the Quran, Surat al-Ladina an'amallahu alayhim min al-Nabiyyin, the Prophets, al-Siddiqeen, the truthful ones, والشهداء, the martyrs, والصالحين, the saintly people. So this is the strat you want. You don't want the strat of those who knew the truth but who denied it, who did not acknowledge it, 
who did not act on it and you don't want the path of those who are ignorant and who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just according to their own words. Now we open the door for the questions. If you have a question, you ask it. If not, we're going to ask you the question. Okay, I started. Him sincerely and tell him, Ya Allah, I am confused. Eh? 
these people say this, these people say that, and show me the truth and be sure that he will help you to see the truth. Secondly, um, you are an educated person. If someone says uh, this, what we do is according to the Quran. What we do is an according to the Sunnah. And someone else tells you just the opposite. And he still says, this is, what, this is in the Quran, this is in the Sunnah. You say to yourself, no. They cannot both be in the Quran and the Sunnah if they are so contradictory. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not contradict himself. He would not say, do this but don't do it. <laughs> Neither would the Prophet contradict the Quran. Allah does not, would not say one thing and then tell his prophet to tell people not to, to, to do it. So you start with this. You say to yourself, I know that everything in this religion is consistent. If it is from Allah, then one sign, one evidence for the fact that the Quran is from Allah is that there is no contradiction in it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اِخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا had it, not, had it been from other than Allah, they would have found many contradictions therein. Then, you ask, especially when it comes to something important like the weight, huh? uh, not minor things, minor things are okay. There can be uh, differences on minor things. And it might really be difficult uh, for people like ourselves uh, to tell whether what uh, Malik uh, or Abu Hanifa said um, uh, is true on this. But then these are minor issues. Uh, when it comes to major issues, there must be an evidence for the truth and evidence for falsehood. If you care to look into the evidence, inshallah, Allah will help you. Now, yes. MashaAllah, mm, one of your topic is the role of Muslims in future. Uh, we are going through a crisis in North America. Specifically, the Muslim scholars, all the Imams here, don't agree to agree on any issues. And it becomes very difficult for people like us, all sitting here, including myself, who are trying to find what is true Islam and what was revealed in the Quran versus what Prophet Muhammad said and all those things. We see so many differences and difference in opinion and everybody tends to divide us based on the answers they give it to us. And they are not letting us united. Because what we see is, in today's world, the major problem the Muslim Ummah is facing is they are divided. And they are continuously dividing themselves on minor issues that has no substance. On the major issues, we don't even bother about it, what would lead to us. We believe we are more than a billion Muslims in, North, in the whole world. There are about 56 Muslim countries in this world. We have no voice. We have no dignity. We have no respect. And if we have to blame anybody, it is ourselves. 
before we blame anybody else why we have reached to that stage. We would like to hear some answers from you. How do we solve this problem where our Imams and our scholars in North America are seriously divided in solving some of the issues and bringing us together? My first advice to you is to be realistic. There is no way you can unite all the Muslims. No way. So you have to despair of that. Because the Prophet himself told us that Muslims will be divided. And whatever the Prophet says must be true. But that should not make us despair. Because when he was asked about uh, those differences, and uh, so some people said, whom should we follow? And his answer was very clear. Follow those who follow my way and the way of my companions. So Muslims will be divided. They will be Muslims. They will be. Even because the Prophet referred to the people who will be divided as his ummah. So they are his ummah. They are Muslims. Inshallah, they will ultimately all go to paradise. So, one thing, the first thing, as I said, you should not think that you can unite all the Muslims. Uh, secondly, you do your best to follow the right path, that of the Prophet and of his companions. Thirdly, don't be like... Uh, the, 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 the brothers whom you mentioned who think that because we are divided then uh, on, on, on these issues even if they are even if some of them are major issues that we are no longer Muslims or we should not treat each other as Muslims because there are matters on which we are all agreed in spite of all the differences like for example building a mosque <laughs> all, all these uh, so long as they are Muslims they will be agreed that this is something good so let us cooperate like having a school for our children yes we might have differences about what to teach in that school or so but if we are wise we would say to ourselves whatever is taught there is better than what is taught in the Catholic <laughs> schools uh, but uh, now, many people forget this. They think that because they differ with their brothers on some issues, then they cannot or should not cooperate with them on any uh, other issues. And the situation uh, of the Muslim world, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it is very sad. Um, uh, you are still young, I have been with this sad yeah, situation. Uh, for how many years since I became, I started and being interested in Islam and so on, I was a teenager. Now I'm 70. And I still see uh, uh, and experience the, the bad consequences of, of this situation of the Muslims in the Muslim. But I'm still hopeful. Uh, I think that things will change, inshallah. And uh, the good people, inshallah, will come victorious. 
the differences will not go away, but they will not prevent us from making some great achievements, whether they be worldly or religious, inshallah.